Welcome to The Cruise Biz, a series of exclusive podcasts brought to you by Stuart Pearl and Philip Ordiva of The Cruise Strategy Company, dedicated to supporting UK travel agents sell more cruise. Today we are listening into the final episode of a conversation recorded from their home offices with three renowned travel writers, Jane Archer, Sarah Macefield and Janine Williamson. I've got so many wonderful memories, like watching the Montgomery Reef rise out of the water on a cruise uh, at the Kimberley in Australia. I imagine you'd say the same, Sarah, and you, Janine. Oh, heck, Jane, that is a difficult one, because I must say, when I've taken my family away as well, when I've been on individual cruises, they've all been fantastic, actually. Um, But ones that stand out, we're on a tall ship um, around Europe, actually, in the Adriatic, sailing past the um, volcano of Stromboli in the Mediterranean as the sun was rising and you could see the top of the volcano smoking into the distance and the water um, around us, the sea, Tyrrhenian Sea, I think it's called there, was just like velvet, just lapping. And I went to sit in the bowsprit nets at the front of the ship and suddenly two dolphins appeared and they were diving in the prow of the ship as we went along. And it was just magical. And in fact, that whole cruise was full of magical moments setting off under the full moon from one of the harbours, sailing into Sorrento, um, sailing, you know, Dubrovnik. It, it, it was truly wonderful, actually. Um, so, I mean, that would probably be one of my top ones. And my other, if I may be so bold, um, is, is the Galapagos. The Galapagos, the ultimate bucket list destination. My goodness, if you get the chance to go, go. If you do, don't do anything else in your lives, go. Because it really does live up to its billing Um, and taking my children when they were about 15, it was just incredible. We were diving with sea lions, diving with penguins. Um, The sea lions are swimming through the water with us. These are sort of, you know, really lifelong memories that were created there. And the the tame animals, the birds that hop around your feet, um, the marine iguanas that waddle past into the sea. It was incredible and there is nothing else like it. But then I would say that is the case for cruise, actually. There's there's nothing else like it. I mean, Janine, what have been your top moments? Well, again, as you said, Sarah, this is a really, really hard question because I could start listing loads and talk for ages. But I will start with just one. I mean, I love, I mean, once you've done European river cruises, if you get the taste for river cruises, then it's great to go further afield. I absolutely love river cruises in Asia. I've been on some fantastic ones. Um, one of the best. I loved the most was um, little known Laos on the upper Mekong, you know, which is very different from the lower stretches of the river. And what I love about these cruises, I mean, you're just traveling with maybe up to 20 people maximum. So you really get to know people. It's got a fantastic atmosphere, delightful local crew who are all trained to work on these ships. And what I really like about these is that it's such an authentic experience, nothing scripted. Yes, there's an itinerary, that you have to be quite open-minded and quite literally go with the flow because the rivers can run fast or slow and the captain will adapt the itineraries depending on how the river is flowing. So, for example, on the Laos one, it was flowing very quickly and so clearly he had to slow things down a bit because otherwise we'd get to our destination too quickly. So he was making impromptu stops along the riverbanks at places he'd either never been to before or had maybe visited once before to go on these village walks. So there was no way these villagers were expecting us and it was absolutely delightful. They would gather on the riverbanks to welcome us. Children would follow us around like the Pied Piper and of course there's 
no begging there. And of course, we were told, you know, very strictly, we must not give anything to these children. So they don't expect anything. They don't want anything. They love seeing you take their photos and showing them the, the, the photographs after. Um, and again, all these totally unplanned things. On one stop, we were invited to go into, they were blessing a baby. We were invited to go and see that. On another, at the other end of the life scale, we were invited to go to a funeral. Um, both of them involved drinking copious amounts of some local firewater, which I have little memory. But you can never replicate things like that. They were just so spontaneous and so wonderful, and I'll never, ever forget them. Yes, well, I, mean, yes I, I would quite agree, actually. And having been, I have done the Galapagos twice, and I would absolutely agree with you, Sarah. And yes, I've done, I've done Laos, and so I would agree with you, Janine. It was just an amazing experience. Uh, and, and as I say, I'm going back to that Camp Kimberley cruise, I mean, that was just extraordinary. I remember one time that watching the Montgomery Reef, that was, that was really something very special. And then another time they took us up to the King George Falls and, and you go, the, 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 everywhere you go, you're going in a Zodiac. You're not going tied up to land at all, but so you're, you're going places in Zodiacs and you go, we went down and we climbed up the side of this, uh, of this waterfall. Um, and it really was a scramble up there. It was fantastic, lovely time up at the top. It was one of those places where we could go on land because you have to be very careful in the Kimberley because they have the salties, the crocodiles there. So you, you can't actually go in the water and you have to be very careful around creeks and things like this. But up at the top of the falls, it was fine. There were no crocodiles up there. So we had a great time, came back down again, got into the Zodiacs and then one by one, they took the zodiacs underneath these waterfalls. So obviously we had to give all of our um, sort of, um, watches and cameras and anything like that to, to one of the other boats whilst they watched us going under there and we got absolutely showered. And it was a fantastic experience. Nobody knew this was going to happen at all. And then there's another one turns up, another of the zodiacs turns up with, with some of the crew on board um, and they start serving us champagne. I mean, how fantastic is that? It, it, is, it is such a mag magical moment. And you, you were talking there about, um, about being, um, people being blessed. And I remember when we went to Myanmar once and we stopped off at this place uh, and it was underneath this banyan tree and they were blessing cars. So the guy was there and he, would, he was actually blessing the cars because I don't think they had very good insurance. So it was one way to, to try and protect the cars. It's just fantastic experiences that you can have. Um, and I guess, Sarah, you've got many, many more. I have. But, do you know, one thing I feel that our, our chat is really illustrating is the huge variety of experiences that you will get on cruise. But also it's down to the size of the ship as well. Because if you're cruising on one of the big ships, the big mass market ships, you will have a great experience, you know, as we've touched on previously um, in terms of entertainment and, and, and all the other facilities they have on board. But then you go on a smaller ship um, and those, those, you know, experiences are different again. It's not going to be so much headline entertainment and lots of restaurants. But then, you know, as Janine was saying, you know, you're going to be much closer to the communities that you're sailing through. And what I would say actually to people is, is um, you know, even when it comes to the main cruising areas the Mediterranean the Caribbean if you've done if you know if people have cruised those areas on a big ship don't think that you've covered them don't think you've done them because they take a smaller ship and they will have a completely different experience because they will go to smaller ports 
in the Mediterranean, you know, instead of going to Naples, Civita Vecchia and the big name ports, Barcelona, of course you may call it those as well, but you're likely to go to Sorrento, Lipari in the Aeolian Islands, some of the smaller Greek islands like Patmos or Milos and areas like that. In the Caribbean, it's the same thing. You won't just go to Barbados, Puerto Rico, places like that, but you'll probably go through the Grenadine Islands, which, you know, can only accept smaller ships. So I think it's just so important to stress that, that you know, small ship cruising compared to the, the large ships will give you such a different experience for destinations as well as the onboard experience. I, I actually quite agree, uh, definitely. But I think um, all to put some numbers on that, actually, which is really rather interesting um, fact for people if they are not aware of the different types of ships. Uh, so you can, you can be mm. on ships that hold just 50 passengers, sometimes even fewer, 40 passengers, 30 passengers. But you can also be on ships that hold uh, over 3,000, um, maybe up to 6,000. So when we're talking big and small, we are really talking big and small. There, there, there is a huge difference and in between obviously you can imagine how many different size ships there are there and as you're saying all of the different types of places that they can go to dependent on their size and of course it's then the same uh, with rivers so people think of rivers possibly most people would be thinking of Europe but as Janine has been talking about there are so many other rivers around the world so I think that you know, what once you've broken your teeth in Europe and you've done the fantastic places, the Danube, the Rhine, the Elbe, uh, the Douro, then it's time to time to branch out and go to some of these other places. Go to India, go to Asia, um, go up the Amazon. If you know, if you if you're into wildlife in particular, it's a fantastic opportunity. There are so many options out there. Don't you agree, Janine? Well, absolutely, Jane, because earlier you were talking about your um, foray onto the Russian underground with your daughter. And I mean, Russia is a fantastic place for a river cruise, because unless well, you understand the alphabet, I certainly don't. And I mean, there are certain countries that are difficult to travel independently, really, because of the language barrier, not being able to make any you know, sense of any of the signage. And so like, a river cruise in Russia is absolutely fantastic, because A, they take in both St. Petersburg and Moscow, either end. And you stay, most itineraries include several nights in both destinations. So it combines either you stay in a hotel or you stay on the ship and you're taken on excursions. And then you go right into the Russian heartland, which I can't really envisage anybody would do. They'd be impossible to do independently under your own steam. And I, I, I doubt very many land itineraries would go there because you are reaching places that really are only accessible on the river. Um, and I've done a couple of ones in Russia and they've been extraordinary experiences and you just get such fantastic lecturers on board. So if you really want to understand Russian history and even try and get to grips with a little bit of the Russian language, you've got a really high calibre of fascinating lectures on board. And so one day I did that, the next day I was doing a Russian doll painting class, which obviously completely different, but huge fun. You know, you've got vodka tasting and it's just an absolutely fantastic experience. And it's so easy to do it on a river cruise. I would far rather do it on a cruise than a land-based tour, which I think would be absolutely exhausting going from place to place on a bus and staying at different hotels. And again, that's the, the whole delight of any cruise. You know, each night you're going back to your own cabin. You only unpack once. You haven't got to transfer to different hotels. So 
Sarah, I'm sure you've had different experiences as well. Well, yes, yeah, just picking up on, on how easy, how much easier it is to see places from the river or, or the sea. Um, you know, Asia is such a case in point. And of course, that has really mushroomed in recent years with the river cruises there. Um, you mentioned about the upper Mekong through Laos, and I did a cruise some years ago from Bientien to Lang Prabang in Laos. And um, it was incredible. It was, um, you know, we were going to villages where they'd never seen Western tourists before or Westerners apart from aid workers. A few years later, I was doing the Irrawaddy in Myanmar or Burma mm. and then followed that with the cruise from, along the Chindwin River, which goes from Mandalay up towards the Indian border um, to Homelin, which sits on the Indian border. And there, again, you're wandering off, you're meeting the villagers, again, who've very rarely seen Westerners. And in fact, as cruise passengers, you become the tourist attraction and they all come up to you and they all had their mobile phones and they were taking selfies with us. Um, and I met, um, you know, someone in Homelin who was from one of the Nagaland tribes. Um, whose ancestors were headhunters and his grandfather had fought with British troops during the Second World War and we just sat and had a chat on a bench as we were walking around the town and and happened to bump into him and get talking. There are so many experiences and the, I mean really it sort of almost takes you this side of river cruising I think takes you almost onto sort of adventure cruising you know and then when you go onto adventures you've got expeditions and you get into softcore and hardcore expeditions. I mean Jane I know you've done a you know a few Antarctica is one that springs to mind but but tell us about some of yours well actually that that's I was just going to say exactly the same thing because of course when you think of expedition and adventure you do think of Antarctica and the Arctic the poles and all this but actually there is so much more that falls into that category for instance those those cruises in Asia and the cruises in India it's exactly the same thing in India you are you are the, the, the tourist attraction almost you know for the locals because they are so you know they're so amazed to see you come there um but places like antarctica absolutely fantastic and why would you go there anyway other than in uh, on a ship it's a wonderful way to get there uh, even if you do have to tackle drake passage on the way but that is part of the initiation ceremony and so you have to do that going up to the arctic and the polar bears uh, I mean, it is absolutely extraordinary. All of these places, I've mentioned Kimberley several times, but the Kimberley is a real adventure cruise. Um, the Galapagos, in its own little way, is, an, is a, an adventure cruise. In the South Pacific, even, it's an adventure cruise. There are all these different things that you can do. It's not just about, you know, big white ships going around the, the places that we all know and love in the Mediterranean. Uh, and how about you, Janine? Are, are you one into adventures? Well, yeah, I mean, I love, I mean, I, I like sort of active cruises and I think that's another point to make because I know, you know, some of the stereotypical views, oh, you know, on a cruise ship, all you do is eat all day, which of course you can easily do, which is absolutely great, <laughs> but you can now help to offset that. I mean, and there is a growing um, trend for active cruises in the particular river cruises, which I know that you've both done. Um, I mean, Sarah, I know you've done the same ones I had where you went on a jogging tour around Vienna. Um, and this was a, a whole, I mean, of course, you, didn't have, to, <laughs> you didn't have to do the activities, but you could. And they, they were fantastic. I mean, we went kayaking on the river. We did this jogging tour. And I was probably like you, Sarah. I sort of kept saying, oh, can we just stop and take a picture you know, to get my breath back? And um, 
Jane, I mean, you probably remember the day that we both cycled up through the vineyards above um, Rudersheim. I'm slightly cheating because they were electric bikes, but I mean, fantastic. All these bikes are included on board. They have tours on them. You can do really long, you know, rides along by the banks of the Danube, you know, on, on pedal bikes. Um, or as I say, some lines do have these electric bikes. So maybe if you think, oh, I would quite like to do that, but I haven't ridden a bicycle since I was a child. And okay, <laughs> you can always go back to it. They really help you. And it's a great way of getting some exercise, you know, and in, enjoying the scenery. And it's a very different way of exploring. And I think that's, a, you know, a trend as well that's, you know, becoming much more popular. It's, it's true, isn't it? And, and it, it, this falls very much into the realms now of the special interest, the themed, uh, the event style um, river cruises and uh, indeed ocean cruises that you can get now. So if there is something that you particularly like, if, you, if you're into your wine, um, if you want to go and see the Rio Carnival, if you want to play golf, you can do all of these things um, on special themed cruises, which is great. I did, I did a, a music themed cruise on the Danube um, not so long ago. I have to say it was absolutely amazing. I was very, very concerned that I would be the real duffer in all of this because, you know, I'm not that great at knowing my Mozart from my Beethoven and all the rest of it. But everybody was, was very similar. There were some people who knew a lot. There were some people who didn't know very much, but we all had the most amazing time listening to concerts, exclusive concerts just for us. I mean, that was really, really very, very special. And of course, you've got um, the Christmas markets and Christmas itself. And as, as I think you probably both know, I am a great fan of being on, uh, on river cruises over Christmas itself. I can't think of any other where, place that I would rather be actually over Christmas because it's wonderful. I've got a ready-made family of people. Uh, I don't particularly want to do Christmas at home. To my mind, it, it doesn't signify at all. But there, I've got some new friends. I've got people who probably feel much the same as me. Where can we get away from things? Let's go on a river cruise. And we will do it over a time when we don't really want to be at home because we're fed up with being told, you know, that it's Christmas and that you've got to do this, that and the other and watch whatever it is on the TV. So we're having a great time. Sarah, I know you're a Christmas markets fan because you love the shopping, whereas I love the eating. <laughs> yes, no, no, I must say Christmas. I mean, this is great for river cruising, you know, going through the heart of Germany, the home of Christmas markets, you've got the smell of the gingerbread, the glue vine. It's just a wonderful one of the best trips ever. And it just makes you feel so festive, the music. It's, it's just a wonderful occasion. And yes, if you're a shopper like me, it's just irresistible. But I would say again, obviously, Jane, I know you've done a lot of um, cruise, river cruises over Christmas. Of course, there are the ocean cruises as well um, that you can get for sort of Christmas, New Year. Um, and in both cases, river and ocean, I mean, the ships are beautifully decorated with the Christmas trees. They have um, events as well, whether it's choir singing or Father Christmas. I don't know if he's ever appeared on your river cruises, but I know on their big ocean ships they get the visit by Father Christmas as well and then of course if you're on the ships over New Year I mean there are various sort of events New Year's Eve I know you know I've written about lines where for example um, on the ocean side where their ships will moor up in Sydney Harbour to see the New Year fireworks or I think there's um Oh, off Madeira, I think they have the New Year's Eve fireworks there. So, you know, it's a lovely way to be able to dip in. And I think, again, with these special event cruises, like the Rio Carnival, the Monaco Grand Prix, those are some of the most Cannes Film Festivals, some of the most popular events. It makes it very easy because you book the cruise, 
And then you can book the added extras to get you into those events. So at Rio Carnival, you can often buy the grandstand seats um, to watch all the, the samba parades. And again, coming back to talking about safety, security, you know, it's all organized. You haven't got to find your way there, find your way back. It's, you know, you're, you're escorted, you, you know, everything is, is set for you. And I think to me, that means that it's a sort of a worry-free time. You don't have that responsibility and you can just enjoy it i mean janine what's your experience of this sort well, i mean because we, oh, we've all sort of spoken about some you know pretty exotic and exciting cruises but going to these you know special theme cruises i mean i think for maybe first time river cruises a fantastic choice is like the dutch bulb fields in spring i mean because it's a themed cruise often they're shorter itineraries so you haven't got to commit to a whole week so you can sort of see if you enjoy it or not and i'm sure you absolutely will um, it's so easy now to get to these cruises. You've got a choice of travel options. You can fly, obviously you can go now by Eurostar in Amsterdam. You can go by coach. So that gives you more options. And I think, and, and the fields that I did them last year, they're absolutely spectacular. And I know I have to confess, I'm not a big whole garden person, but you cannot fail to be absolutely dazzled by these displays in the Kirkenhof Gardens. And so I think for a themed river cruise, that's a really, really good one for first time river cruises. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, I've been to Kuchenhof and, and, you know, if, as long as you can go when the flowers are out, because unfortunately, flowers being flowers, they're, they're never absolutely guaranteed. As, but if you are there when they are in full bloom, it is the most amazing experience. Um, and it, the, the way it's all laid out, I mean, you can spend hours there just wandering around and, and, and just enjoying it. It's a fantastic place to go, isn't it? It really is. And, and to answer your question, Sarah, yes, we do get Father Christmas on the uh, on the river cruises. <laughs> and, he always, and he always brings little presents and uh, leaves his gingerbread or bits of chocolate or whatever. But that's not what it's about for me. It's the it's the socialising side of things, which which I think is again why people want to go on these things. Why why they want to go on cruises. Why. They like it and, and, and it also works, which one of the things we haven't spoken about is as part of a, a greater itinerary. So, so combining the cruise with actually staying on land as well or going on a tour. Again, you've got the, 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 the safety and the security of doing that. And, and in a funny sort of way, it's, it's a way to introduce people to the idea of a cruise. Uh, I can remember um, just sort of fairly recently, I was on the Yangtze, and I was chatting to a, a Scottish couple who were part doing a, a, um, a, a longer cruise of, sorry, a longer tour of China. And the cruise was just a four night part of that. And they actually sat there and told me whilst we were on this ship, we would never go on a cruise. Uh, and I pointed out that actually that's exactly what they were doing. And they kind of thought, no, this isn't a cruise. And then they thought about it and you could see you could see the little brains ticking away there and they suddenly said, well, yeah, I suppose it probably is a cruise, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, have you ever done anything like that, Sarah? Um, well, I've had people say that to me when I was on the Chindwin, actually, and they said, oh, no, we're not cruisers. 
and I just looked at them and said, where are we now? We're on a river. But again, I do think that, that, you know, when you start to mix and match cruises with other elements, be it stays in hotels, city stays, be it with, with rail travel, you know, rail journeys as well. It's really exciting. And the choice has massively increased in recent years. I think some of the cruise companies or the travel agents that, that have started making up their own packages have become really inventive um, and it does add an extra dimension to the trip as well I mean an obvious one a very simple one is is you know of course going to New York you know I know we're going to talk about transatlantics but you know transatlantic trip to New York and then sort of stay you know in New York for a few days um, that you know any cities like that it's a lovely way to sort of spend a few days on the ground maybe before your cruise um, Hong Kong is an ideal one where you can stay for a few days before getting on your ship it's um, it's it's you know there, there is a lot there is a lot that you can do um, in terms of I mean I've written about cruises where for example you spend a few days at the Calgary Stampede and then go off into Las Vegas and then you go off to Alaska very contrasting experiences that all add up to the package as well so there's there's a lot there and then of course you come into repositioning cruises um, which is something that people may not be too aware of. I mean, Janine, you've done something like that, haven't you? Yes, well, I mean, and they're really good value for money, and often you have lots of extra entertainment on board because, of course, you are literally all at sea for many, many days. I mean, they're not for everybody, and I think you both have done the transatlantic, you know, on, on one of the lovely liners, um, and I did it on a tall ship, the most I've ever been at sea, 16 days, and some people thought I was absolutely mad and we couldn't even make one stop because of rough seas, the one stop in the Azores. But it was absolutely thrilling and, and really one of the absolute highlights. And I never got bored once. It's absolutely amazing. So I think actually the, what we can definitely say is there is a cruise out there for everyone. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, look out for more insightful Cruise Biz chat on your podcast app or at cruisestrategy.co.uk. Thank you.